to all places together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. We're at the table with Jesus. This week's story is called Convicted at the Table. Cancel culture is brutal. It's the pattern of boycotting, unfollowing, dismissing, you know, canceling someone because they have done something wrong. I'm not calling out any one political perspective or some other particular group who participates in cancel culture. Because on the one hand, I understand the urge behind it. A person, company, or institution has done something so horrible that others decide to cancel them. I have been deeply offended by plenty of people, churches, politicians, and companies, and I don't want anything to do with them. Like, truth be told, one of the reasons I remain nervous about being so vulnerable on this podcast or on social media is that I'm afraid I'm going to say a wrong thing and be canceled. And on the other hand, as a Christian, I know that Jesus doesn't cancel people. Now, Jesus does set up safety expectations for his followers as they are out and about in his name. In a few different places, Jesus says something like, if a town doesn't welcome you, dust your feet off and move on. He recognizes the dangers his disciples might face in a hostile place. So I do think that it's okay for individuals to set up boundaries between them and the people and organizations that have hurt them. And at the same time, acknowledge that God is still with them somehow and that there are other people within the body of Christ who may continue to be in relationship with these people and groups. The expectations that Jesus has for himself are actually very different than what he says for his disciples. Jesus does not cancel people, not the people that challenge him, oppose him, or even crucify him. Jesus continues to try to engage in the conversation, meet them where they are, and forgive them for the ways that they hurt him. Jesus does not cancel people. Instead, in many instances, he tries to convict them. Now, I don't mean convict in the way that is used in the criminal justice system in the United States, not the you have been convicted of a crime way of the word. I mean convicted like your heart has come to a new understanding and now you're going to live life differently. That moment of clarity when your person is moved and opened and know that it's time to change things around. Jesus had an interaction with a man named Zacchaeus where this happened. Many wanted to cancel Zacchaeus, but through Jesus, there was another way forward. The story of Zacchaeus comes from the Gospel of Luke, and it's actually the second to last story before Jesus enters into Jerusalem, where he will ultimately be crucified. Jesus is well known at this point in time, and he attracts quite the crowds, both people who are in support of him and those who oppose him are very curious about what Jesus is up to. Let's take a look at the story together. This is Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. 
a man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay at your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. I wonder if you noticed right away that Zacchaeus was a tax collector, kind of like the boss tax collector, actually. If you listen to the first episode of this series called Called at the Table, you may remember that tax collectors were not well-loved of the regular people, right? They were agents of the empire. They often exploited the people they took taxes from, taking more money than the empire required and kept that extra for themselves. When Jesus spots Zacchaeus up in that tree, Jesus promptly invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. And Zacchaeus is like so excited to have Jesus over. But no one else, no one else is pleased that Jesus is going with Zacchaeus. The version we read together, right, says that they grumbled. I think if they could cancel Zacchaeus, they would. But Jesus doesn't cancel Zacchaeus. Instead, somehow in Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is convicted. Whether this happened in that moment or if Zacchaeus had experienced this earlier, like we're not entirely sure. But what is clear is that Zacchaeus has a huge change of heart and he not only decides to live his life in a different way, it seems he has actually started to live this life in a different way. Zacchaeus admits to Jesus and those around that can hear that he used to cheat people out of their money. He names and confesses his bad and exploitive behavior. And he explains how he has changed and is changing his ways. He gives possessions to the poor and is working on paying back those whom he cheated with four times the amount of money he took. That is reparations right there, my friend. He's not just paying back what he took. He is doing that and then some to help make up for the additional losses that that family experienced because they didn't have that money. Maybe they weren't able to buy supplies for trade or for their farm. They couldn't afford to pay their rent. They weren't able to invest in a new opportunity. That's what reparations work to do, right? They pay back the initial loss and also help to make up the possible profit that could have been made from that money that was lost. Now, regardless of when this conviction happened, technically speaking, it does happen before Zacchaeus and Jesus get to the table at 
Zacchaeus's house, but I hope that you'll forgive me this technicality. It's unclear of how long Zacchaeus has been living in this new way of life. But while this conviction didn't happen necessarily at a literal table for Zacchaeus that we know of, so many of us do experience this sort of conviction at tables, right? We hear stories that change our hearts. We listen to the experiences of others and our perspectives changed. We learn something we didn't know before and we change our minds and actions because of it. I didn't know the racist history behind a phrase and now I do so I don't use it anymore and I strive to teach others the same thing I learned when I hear them use it. I didn't used to have a biblical understanding for the glorious diversity of sexuality and gender expression and now I do. And I have embraced my own self fully, and I'm hoping to help others do the same for themselves and for those that they love. I didn't always know the necessity of safe and legal abortions for everyone who have uteruses. And now I do. So I am pro-choice and am trying to get involved in Virginia actions to keep abortion legal here. I didn't know. And now I do. So now I... Right, and I imagine that you have some examples of your own too. You didn't know, and now you do. So now you do this other thing. This is the hope that God has for each of us and the hope that we are called to carry for one another, even when the surrounding culture is screaming, cancel. Though even with the hope and forgiveness of Jesus with us, Admitting our mistakes or explaining our personal development can be hard. It can be scary. I know that I am afraid that I will be shamed and scolded for not knowing better already. What Zacchaeus does is very brave. And there's been a recent example of this in pop culture as well. Lizzo actually went through a situation like this earlier this summer. You may have heard that Lizzo released a song that included a word that was very harmful and offensive to the disabled community. Maybe you listened to the song and heard the word yourself. Many publicly lamented that Lizzo would use such a word. They commented en masse on her social media posts. They made their own posts about it, calling out this use of this word. They made a ruckus. And Lizzo heard them. Lizzo listened and she took action. She re-recorded and re-released the song with updated lyrics. She offered a public apology. She promised to strive to do better in the future, and she fixed the issue at hand. Now, people who follow Lizzo's music and presence know that she is about self-love, positivity, and diversity. So maybe some folks were willing to give her more wiggle room for the mistake, and maybe others were more willing to forgive her because she has such a positive track record. It may be a lot harder to give that same sort of wiggle room or quick forgiveness to someone who has repeatedly bashed, exploited, oppressed, or even abused others. I understand that. I get that. Like, I feel that myself. But the truth is, is that Jesus still shows up for those folks, too. Maybe you are someone who has held racist, homophobic, ableist, or other harmful and exclusionary beliefs for most of your life. You may have held these beliefs intentionally, or perhaps it is how you were raised and you didn't realize the depth of harm that those beliefs had. 
I want to be a voice of love for you. God has so much grace and love for you. There is time and opportunity for you to learn, to be convicted, and to change the way you live for the rest of your life. You may still be able to reconcile with people to whom you have been estranged from. You can maybe even make literal reparations like Zacchaeus to the people and groups that you have harmed. You can still make a positive impact on the people in your life who actually still hold on to those harmful beliefs. And another piece of this is, is that we are all like Zacchaeus in some way. We all have hurt others and taken advantage of others. And yet, God does not want us to feel shame about our present nor our past. The truth is that God has so much hope for our future, and I do too. Because I know that Jesus will sit with us at the dinner table while we have hard conversations. Jesus is joining us at the coffee table as we listen to hard truths from books and documentaries and from friends. Jesus will be beside us at the learning table as we lean into trainings about anti-racism and inclusion. Jesus is waiting for us at the communion table to forgive us for all of the times we have gotten it wrong and to nourish us for the road ahead too. There's one more piece I want to share. I'm going to tread very lightly here in this next thought, because I still feel so new in the queer community, and I am still oh so very white, able-bodied, educated, and middle class. So I know I'm coming at this next statement with a whole lot of privilege. There seems to be a message in this passage for those who have been hurt by the Zacchaeuses of the world, too. We are told that they grumble. Conceivably, they hear Jesus' affirmation of Zacchaeus' faith and salvation, but we aren't told how they react. Did they rejoice? Did they get madder still? I don't know. So instead of trying to guess what they did, I think there is value in thinking about what I would do in their shoes and what you might do if you were in their shoes. If I had been harmed by Zacchaeus, could I accept his apology and reparations? Could I trust him to be fair in his work in the future? Could I work alongside him as he gave his possessions to the poor? Could you? These are hard questions to think about, and yet this is the type of work that God calls us to do. So I hope you'll spend some time this week reflecting on those questions and these two to think about how Jesus may be at work in you this very day. How have you tangibly changed your life because of Jesus' given convictions? How might Jesus be working in your heart today? What reparations do you need to offer? Who might you be ready to partner with? to do some gospel-centered work in the world today. In a world that cries out cancel, may we join with Jesus and be voices of compassion and conviction, knowing that God calls us all to the table, believing that there is abundance for each person, remembering that we are broken people who have been hurt and also hurt, trusting 
that Jesus can heal each of us. So together, let us proclaim God's love for and to all people, wherever, whoever, and however they are. A prayer for conviction. God of all truth, you saw Zacchaeus in a sycamore tree and called him by name. Yet by then your truth and radical love were already at work in him. You convicted his heart and he changed his actions. When our hearts are convicted by your truth and radical love, grant us grace humility, and strength for the road ahead. We're not always good at saying we were wrong. We're not always just in how we make amends. We're afraid of what we may lose when we offer reparations to others. Empower us to be like Zacchaeus. And when the Zacchaeuses of our lives come to us, open our hearts and ears. Help us to speak our truth Enable us to build a way forward in your grace together. If need be, let us be bold in setting boundaries. And help us to remember always that your love is with us in the sycamore trees and wherever we go. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Thank you to everyone who shared their well wishes for me to get well last week. I'm feeling myself again, and I am so grateful for the grace of this community, especially when I'm feeling under the weather. It's almost August, so that means we're getting closer to our next Zoom communion. I hope you'll join us on Monday, August 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll gather for a time of sharing our stories, prayer, and communion. The details on how to get the link will go live on social media this week. And the table is open to anyone who wants to come. If you are engaged in another faith community, you are welcome still to the table of all places together. For those who wish to partake, we will be having communion, but if you're not comfortable with that, that's okay too. You're still welcome to come and be with us. Your seat is ready. I'm ever grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who share generously with all places together. Your financial contributions enable this podcast to happen and for the love of God to spread around the world. If you've not made a gift before and you like to, you can simply go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together. Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. We know it can be hard to give financially. 
So we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life and engage with the APT community online throughout the week. I hope you'll tell someone in your life this week about the podcast and what you're reflecting on from it. Your word of mouth recommendations are one of the best ways for new people to learn about APT and what we're up to and how we're spreading the radical and inclusive love of God. And until next time, remember that God loves you and is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.